from Studio 303, it's the Caravan Library of Lore, Stranger Than Fiction News, bringing light to unknown stories around us. A pathogen that resists almost all kinds of drugs developed to treat or kill is moving rapidly across the world, and public health experts are stymied on how to stop it. By now, that's a familiar scenario, the central narrative of emergence of the antibiotic-resistance bacteria. But this particular pathogen isn't a bacterium. It's a yeast, a new variety of organism so common that it is used as one of the basic tools of lab science. It transformed into an infection so disturbing that one lead researcher called it more infectious than Ebola. And this was announced at the International Conference last week. You can read more on this story at Wired.com. The controversial SOAM Biotech Research Foundation in Seoul, South Korea, has been creating pet clones since 2006. Miracle Millie, a six-year-old chihuahua from Puerto Rico, was awarded the title of the world's most cloned dog by the Guinness Book of Records after scientists in South Korea created a whopping 49 genetically identical copies of her. You can read more on this story at oddityscentral.com. NASA is preparing to send a probe closer to the sun than any other spacecraft has ventured, enduring wicked heat while zooming through the solar corona to study its outermost part of the stellar atmosphere that gives rise to solar winds. The Parker Solar Probe, a robotic spacecraft the size of a small car, is slated to launch from Cape Canaveral in Florida with an August 6th targeted as the launch date for the planned seven-year mission. The story was reported by Reuters, and you can read more about it at yahoonews.com. A flying manta ray-like creature was spotted in Spain. A man in Almeria, southern Spain, says he saw a flying creature that he wasn't able to identify. The 68-year-old man, who provided his full name but asked to remain anonymous, told Cryptozoology News on Friday that he was driving home when the event took place at 12 p.m. back on June 27th. It was just about five seconds. It flew from my left, straight across the road, and over the top of the car lights. It was about five meters off the floor and flying in a straight line, he said. The eyewitness says the bean was about five meters long, which is about eight feet, and appeared to be black. The wings were as long as the body, and it ran from the neck to the end, and was tapered like bat wings in a way, but more manta ray in the style of the flapping, he explained. You can read more on this story at cryptozoologynews.com. And a dogman encounter, reported in Arkansas. A woman in Celeburn County says she saw a bipedal creature with a wolf head. The 30-year-old dental worker, who provided a full name and contact information at specific location of the sighting, but asked to remain anonymous, told Cryptozoology News she encountered the unusual being back on June 15th. Quote, I was driving home and had to stop and pull over to make a call, she said, about the daylight encounter. Quote, I was talking on the phone when it seemed something dark was moving in the woods in the corner of my eye to my right. The woman says she had to look at the creature a few times because it didn't move at first. 
I couldn't tell until it moved. It moved stealthily on two feet, right by the edge of the woods. I think it was trying to cross the road, but stopped when it saw me. She described it as dark brown and gray wolf-like creature with a few bear features. It was aged a bit, and it seemed to know its surroundings, kind of bear to wolf-like, but standing up walking, but it did not seem afraid. It just moved away slowly. It was wanting something or searching. I think my vehicle must have spooked it because it seemed like it wanted to cross the road, but it couldn't. It was very creepy, so I just pulled back onto the highway and left and kept driving until I got myself under control, she said. This, too, was reported at CryptozoologyNews.com. And if you're having a hard time believing in cryptids, the undiscovered creatures of this planet, well, here's a story that's interesting. A scary new venomous snake was discovered. Scientists searching for sea snakes never expected to stumble across this find. In a chance discovery, a team of biologists were returning from a sea snake research mission in Queensland, Australia, when they found a new venomous species. The team, led by University of Queensland's associate professor Brian Fry, uncovered a new species of bandy-bandy snake on a town on the west coast of the Cape York Peninsula in the far northeast of Australia. You can read more on this new discovery at foxnews.com. And that brings us nicely into this week's Fun Fact. Hunting unicorns is actually legal in the state of Michigan. And that wraps it up for this week's Stranger Than Fiction News. Now let's head into the forest and across the creek to the Caravan Library of Lore. census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. I'm your number one fan. There's no more room in hell. The dead will walk here. You're gonna need a bigger boat. They're coming to get you, Barbara. They're here. Here's Johnny. I see dead people. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. This six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. The power of Christ! The power of Christ compels you! What do you want? I want to hear you scream. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the fucking box? Mostly come at night. Mostly. Look at me, Damien! It's all for you! Listen to them. 
children of the night. What music they make. I said, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos for creators. Red. Red rum. Red rum. Red rum. Have you checked the children? Children. Children. Rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. What an excellent day for an exorcism. I'm gonna swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know and they'll say, why she wouldn't even harm a fly. Yes, father. Do your very best not to scream. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Welcome inside the caravan, the movie theater of lore. Tonight's conversation favorite horror movies or psychological thrillers or best scary sci-fi films what are your favorites and of course you all have to leave your i just came from the south you all have to leave your comments as to what your favorite horror scary psychological thriller or sci-fi scary movie is of all time jennifer how are you i'm well how are you i'm scared i am scared (laughs) you should be too much of this paranormal weirdness going on i started to share a story with you the other day so i will share this and then we're going to get into movies scary scary movies so I stepped out onto my patio and my back was to the sliding glass door, probably two feet. And it was the middle of the day. So it was nice and sunny out. And I was texting a friend. My back, like I said, was right to the sliding glass door. And all the lights were off in the house because it was the middle of the day. And three knocks on the sliding glass door. I I turned around because now I'm expecting somebody came into my house and was trying to get my attention. So I opened mm-hmm. the because I could not see into the house because all the lights were off. So it was like looking at a you know just a mirror and I see myself. So I opened the door and I wa- couldn't find anybody in the house. The cat was outside playing in the grass. One the cat. I have no idea what it was. So in my little rectacle here i i have a model of the spinosaurus from jurassic park and i hung it on the wall inside the little booth here that i record with and we do the show out of so i'm on the couch and i was doing whatever it was i don't even remember and i heard something fall and i didn't make a whole lot out of it i just figured okay yeah something fell over but i was in the middle of something else so I had gotten up to either happy, but 
I go out on the patio because it's my personal Zen room and I, and I walk down into the patio, but from the patio door, you can see right inside the little recording booth here. And I didn't see my Spinosaurus hanging on the wall. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, that's what it was. It must've fallen off the wall. Big deal. It wasn't until the next day I came in here. It's hanging on the wall. I was like, wait a minute. I thought I didn't see it hanging on the wall. Now it's on the wall. So what fell over and why is it hanging back up on the wall again? I don't know. So there yeah, you go. Weird. So do yeah. I invite strange activity into the house by doing these type of shows? I don't know. But it is said that, you know, whether you're recording a paranormal episode, listening to a paranormal podcast, or even mm. watching that type of a movie, energetically what you're sending out you're a magnet so you're drawing it in and i believe um there was a there was a scary movie that came out within the last two years it had that nun in it was it the conjuring yes i believe so and and people were saying that they were experiencing paranormal weird things in their homes or later on that night after they watched that movie Anybody seen The Conjuring and have strange activity after watching it? Hmm. Well, any any movie or any type of right demon ghost related, yeah. So, if you had that question thrown to you, what is your go-to scary movie? Do you have one? Right now, if I was going to watch a scary movie, I think that I would rewatch Hush. Have you seen that? Um, no, I have not. <laughs> For me, this was a really big one because, and I, and I won't give away too much, but basically the woman is deaf. So the whole movie, you know, you lose. It, the way that they film it, you lose your hearing. You lose that sense. And when you completely associate yourself with a movie you know when you're getting lost into the movie so it's like you are them you're in it mm-hmm. right so to watch a movie like that where stuff is happening and you're expecting this or expecting that but you don't have that sense it really messed with me mm-hmm. it made it more scary and it made me more you know i i love psychological more than the gore you know Oh, I'm very much on board with uh, no jump scare movies as much as the psychological thriller movies. Very much on board. I think it's, uh, I think it draws the viewer in a little bit more and gets the mind going Mm -hmm. and a thought process as to what may become, what the possibilities are. In a jump scare Mm -hmm. movie, it's just pretty much hack and gore and okay, you know, it's, it's a chance for you know, your significant other to latch onto you and it's kind of going on a thrill ride. Uh, but the psychological thriller definitely has a lot of, uh, it's a deeper and it stays with you more after it's over. I believe so. I believe so. so. And there are some that are certainly, uh, classics, uh, some of my Mm -hmm. favorite psychological thriller. And of course this doesn't cover all of them. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the classics, The Shining, the adaptation Mm -hmm. of The Shining from Stephen King, 
it it's the tone it was the music it was the scenery it was everything compiled together that set the tone for you emotionally to experience the entire onslaught of what was happening but it was not a hack and gore movie by any means and i'm sure most of all of our listeners have seen the shining and they may agree or disagree with me uh another favorite of mine is silence of the lambs wonderful psychological thriller absolutely wonderful psychological thriller because it starts off very mundane and just like your Sunday night movie that used to watch on TV. And then it makes those twists and turns going. Hmm. And of course, you know, the entire story ends with you going, what just happened? And now you're going back to reflect everything that transpired at the end of the movie. Mm. Yeah. Wonderfully well, well done. So that would be two favorite psychological thrillers of mine and of course that list does go on seven amazing absolutely amazing brad pitt um very terrifying that's very terrifying because actually it took me to a place that i could not predict what was going Mm -hmm. to happen next and that's part of the fun of it so right seven was a good uh and then, of course, there's the other classics, too. I don't know if you've seen uh, the original Black and White, which was done in Black and White by Alfred Hitchcock, Psycho. Yeah. Wow. I really wow. like that one. I, I didn't like the new one. I like the old one. Yes. Well, uh, look, the acting in there was absolutely superior. The way it was shot mm-hmm. was absolutely superior with shadows. And mm-hmm. who that has seen the movie takes a shower and doesn't have those (laughs) thoughts go through your mind when you're taking a shower as to what's on the other side of that shower curtain. None of that was even prevalent before that movie came out. Absolutely fantastic movie. There's also the birds. Yes. Right. Very good. Yeah, it was good. Um, And you know, leave the classics alone. They were meant to be classics. Mm-hmm. Just leave them alone. I ask and I beg yeah. and I plead to Hollywood, please do not remake some of these classics because, yeah, it might be better CGI or better special effects or your favorite mm-hmm. actor playing the role, but the original right. stands alone so well that it really needs to be remembered as that. Uh, Nastaraftu amazing Mm -hmm. horror film for the silent era and that's what really made it even more scary was the fact that it was a silent movie but the imagery that was portrayed in that as a vampire movie the brilliance of it at that time to use the resource of it being a silent movie he was terrifying he's absolutely my favorite vampire of all the movie Mm -hmm. vampires Nastaraftu takes the cake. You see that, I you go, yeah, out the door. <laughs> when I saw that for the first time, mm-hmm. I think I was 15. And, mm-hmm. oh, I fell in love immediately. It was, oh, gosh, it was classic. It was wonderful. And it's something that I can still love, you know, and watch today over a lot of other mm-hmm. movies. Um, mm-hmm. I love, you know, of course, I love all vampire movies. And I don't know, you know. I'll just throw it out there. You know, Interview with Vampire 
is, mm-hmm. is definitely another one of my my favorites. And when it comes to remaking films, you know, Dracula, it's been made so many times. But you know what? I'm still open to seeing it continue to be made again. Mm-hmm. To see what, you know, that is one that I would definitely be like, sure, make it again. Let's see what it looks like now, you know, with all the uh, things available to filmmakers nowadays. Well, I agree. Um, the Bram Stoker's Dracula version. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, really, there that was that painted a creep factor as and so well done. I mean, so well done. Gary Oldman just hit that one right out mm-hmm. of the ballpark uh, in his portrayal. So, in the makeup and the artistry oh. behind it was just absolutely fantastic absolutely fantastic so yeah that one would be up there with uh as far as the term dracula goes i would say bram stoker's dracula uh release with gary oldman was is one of my favorites hey jen let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor seven up seven up This is your Uncola Underground with a tip on how you can make big money in your spare time. How? Simply by returning 7-Up money back bottles for real money. That's right. Your local grocer will give you cold hard cash for any money back bottles of the Uncola you bring back. It's a great way to supplement your income and save up for really important things in life. Things like crayons and jute mill stock. 8 by 10 glossies of your loved ones. More Uncola, less Uncola, all of the above, some of the above. The summer months are upon us, and we have you covered with Caravan Library of Lore t-shirts and tank tops for men and women. But soon, our favorite fall season will be here. And we have warm, comfortable caravan hoodies and hot beverage travel mugs, too. Find pillows and blankets and kids' items, too, at caravanoflore.threadless.com. Again, caravanoflore.threadless.com. A couple other questions for you. Like found footage films? And I think that that was that was a really unique idea. It started with Blair Witch Project, although it started before Blair Witch Project. But Blair Witch really brought mm-hmm. the found footage films to the forefront, um, and it was an absolutely superior, well done film. And it was scary. It was truly scary. But again, it was more psychological. Because there really was no violence, and spoiler alert, but there really was no violence in that movie whatsoever. But yet you were on the edge of your seat waiting for that violence to happen. And when you're making your audience involuntarily do something that, as they're taking you on this story ride, so to speak, you have complete control of your audience by doing something like that. And I thought that was absolutely fantastic too so 
But then you get right. movies well, like Paranormal Activity. Yes, go on. Well, no, you know, all I was going to say is I wanted to go back really quick because I definitely want to mention Wolfman with Anthony mm-hmm. Hopkins. Mm-hmm. That was such a, like, that is one of my number one. I guess if I was to say what would be my go-to, it would be that one. I just, I just, I want to rewatch Hush because I liked how they did it. Well, mm-hmm. um, with Wolfman, I loved the scenes when he was running through the forest. And I love what that did because it was one of those things where you don't see it fully. It's just this quick shooting thing, you know, and you're sitting there going, oh, what, what is it? <laughs> Where is it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it had a big influence. I don't know I, if I'll, I'll share this little secret, but it had a big influence on the caravan itself. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, you know, there's that image of the dark forest and then, you know, he goes into the dark forest where there's the gypsy and she's in her caravan and she's, you know, telling him what he came to, you know, seek. And and that was one of the, the visualizations that I had on the night that we were coming up with the name for our show. And and I had the image of the Lon Chaney's Wolfman with that. And again, that was in black and white when... You visit because mm-hmm. it's following the same storyline. Um, following right. or, or goes and visits the gypsy woman in the caravan in the dark woods mm-hmm. in a black and white film with the fog, which was dry ice yes. at the time, but it was a wonderful Hollywood <laughs> special effect with you know the fog only inches off the ground, and you know, it just painted that mystical, terribly written music. But it was so fitting for a film like that. And then to do the remake mm-hmm. the way it was, I thought it was really good, too. And, you know, Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. what has he done that was bad? I actually I watched a right now. video. I love all his movies. Really, seriously. He is Sir Anthony Hopkins. Um, I actually watched a video the other night, and I was completely surprised at the fact that Anthony Hopkins, and I, I didn't really research when the video was done but uh it was in his honor and he was in the audience in attendance and an orchestra played anthony hopkins first symphony that he has ever written something like 30 years ago and and it was just a beautiful piece of music and i'm listening to it going this came from anthony hopkins I was blown away. Wow. So if you guys get a chance, just go to YouTube Mm -hmm. and Anthony Hopkins Symphony and take a listen because, wow, the man was definitely gifted with musical writing and acting skills. And Mm -hmm. there you go. Kudos. And, of course, that's why he was so Mm -hmm. sought after for those types of movies because he could nail it so well. Who? What better casting could you do for a movie like Silence of the Lambs other than, oh, I know. you know, Hannibal Lecter himself <laughs> is Anthony Hopkins. Seriously, yeah. it, it's just fantastic stuff. It really, I you know, I know I sound kind of blathering about favorite horror films, but, you know, these are ones well, that okay, definitely stand alone. What, 
yeah, that's what we're that's what this episode is about tonight is is the mm-hmm. scary things that you know cuz honestly, really, if it wouldn't have been okay for me, horror movies were a big thing for my dad and I. This was something that we would do at, I mean, from when I was little, I think I I first started on um oh, it was the black and white and, you know, Swamp Thing. Uh, Wolfman, mm-hmm. uh, the, mm-hmm. the vampire Dracula ones, and then right. I was really into the Adams family and the Munsters, and um, and then you know as I got older, then there was you know the Silence of the Lamb, Children of the Corn, um, right? The, there was the Thing, and all these movies, and I and I grew up on them. Shows that came out that were more oriented for my age. So you had Goosebumps and then Are You Afraid of the Dark? Right. And I loved the feeling that these gave me. And mm-hmm. and it just enticed you to want to learn more. You hear something on a movie or a documentary, and then you're wanting to read about it. You're wanting to find right. out more about it. You know? Right. And then it just it just sticks with you. It's something that just if you catch the bug, it's with you forever. You know, oh, I know that I always be this way. No, I agree. And I think it probably is one of the scariest movies of all time. And I think that if you were to, and I haven't done this yet, but I think if you were to go to, let's say, top 100 best horror or scary movies of all time, you would probably mm-hmm. find close to number one. And it, it definitely did some serious mental twisting to me as a young kid is the exorcist. That movie Um, terrified me and it terrifies me to this day. Even if it's on TV, I don't watch it. I don't, it is that scary. I seen it twice in its entirety uninterrupted. And I was left going, (laughs) No, 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 no. Well, no, no. for the longest time, I ended mm-hmm. up getting the Exorcist and Poltergeist confused. So mm-hmm. for a while, I thought, oh yeah, no, I've seen it, and then and then I'm like, wait, no, it was Poltergeist that I saw. That was another movie that I saw when I was young. After by Steven or by I, uh, Steven Spielberg was Poltergeist. Right now, I really like really trying to sit and think about it. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Really? That would be one right, that you yeah. would have to watch by yourself or with an adult, not your kids. Um, the language <laughs> no, gets pretty strong and it is very demonic. And I think, right. again, well, I'm sure all of our listeners are familiar with The Exorcist, but it is very demonic. But it has made a huge impact back in 1973 when it first came out. And what was disturbing to me personally wasn't so much the mid-story. It was how Uh the movie started. Because William Blatty wrote this from actual Mm -hmm. events. And he starts this in the Middle East where everything gets uncovered. The cradle of life. This is where good and evil existed. And it got unearthed. And it got brought back to the States. And then the whole thing develops from there of this demon that takes over this young girl. And and it's 
terrifying. And of course, you know, a lot of exorcisms today still use the same tactics. That's where the movie was getting its information from, was right from the Catholic Church on how exorcisms are actually performed. If that -hmm. particular church were to train its fathers or priests into uh, performing exorcisms, yeah, and that it was the reality of it. It was the reality that this is a possible thing. <laughs> I'm telling you. No, I know. Uh-uh. And that goes back to me talking about like unsolved mysteries. The, um, you know, it was the real people stuff, the murders, the kidnappings that scared me, but the serious fact that people can spontaneously combust. I mean, mm-hmm. really, really, you're sitting there, you're doing nothing, you're on fire. And it's just like, geez, man. And then, you know, when you're talking about um, unearthing things, okay, mm-hmm. just because it's been in the news lately, I'll bring it up, the sarcophagus that was found that mm, they right. decided to open. Um, right. Did you read the update about it and what was found inside? Uh, besides the multiple skeletons in the sewer water that was yeah. in there and it smelled god-awful and there's no right. way I would have even inhaled any of that because God <laughs> knows what you're ingesting when you're breathing that in. Ah, um, that's yes. Well, scary. for me, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, when I was really little, I really loved stuff like um, archaeology and all that, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted, I, that was something I had considered for a time. And I mm-hmm. think that it comes from my parents being, rock calendars and we do have you know like we have corporalite which is petrified dinosaur poo Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know it was fascinating to me as a kid you know and then you've got those bugs that leave the impression in the rock you know and right and so it's it's amazing to find things and and you get curious and you want to know all about it and so, yes, I can understand you find this box and mm-hmm. you want to know so bad what's inside. But mm-hmm. now, I mean, we've got, um, we've got scanners. So I think that I would be satisfied if I could like peek inside electronically and just leave it alone and not, mm-hmm. and not. But at the same time, you removed it from where it was. So sometimes right. I think that at first might it might not matter. You moved it. You don't have to open it to start it. You moved it. And I remember being really young. And there was like some sci-fi book. We were in an antique store, and I wish I could remember. But I remember I was reading these books as I waited for my dad. And one of the things that said is that all that most sci-fi movies or books come like everything comes from some sort of truth. So mm-hmm. really think about that. All these movies talk about these curses and unleashing this hell stuff onto the world. Why, of course. Maybe it's true and we haven't found it yet. There, like, what if there's a box that one day we're going to open and it's just like th- this portal and these locusts come out and this monster gonna... demon. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, right. Oh, Well, you know, running on that vein, seriously, that's where George Lucas ran with in Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
Now, the funny thing is, and I didn't realize this until I watched an episode of The Big Bang Theory, uh, Indiana Jones really was not relevant in that movie whatsoever because the Nazis still got the Ark. They still opened it and they all died. Uh, Whether Indy was there or not, he had Mm -hmm. really no relevance to the storyline, but it was the what if thing. What if you open the Ark of the Covenant and it were discovered and you have just unleashed the fury of either mm-hmm. heavens above or hell below, however you want to take right. it in whatever religious aspect. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it, it's kind of generalized that statement that you just said, but it's the what right. if you do open something and unbeknownst to us, you have just unleashed something <laughs> you might not be able to put back in the box again. And again, it goes you know, back to the famous saying, you the don't Nazis, open Pandora's box. Right. Of the what? You know, there's a lot of uh, crazy stuff involving the Nazis that I was thinking that maybe on a future episode or something that we could do with their use of, you know, like witchcraft and, Searching for crazy, crazy things. Uh, Hitler certainly had his fascinations with the occult. And that was no secret by his whatsoever. He knew or he felt very strongly that that would be weaponized against the world Mm -hmm. in order to conform to, you know, the Third Reich was the use of the occult. So, you know. But who knows what he really found and what they destroyed and what they, you know what I mean? Stay tuned for the next episode of the Caravan Library of Lore, where we talk about Nazis and their twisted sense of discovery. We may do that. We may very well do that. Of course, there is that long conversation we can have about the Nazi bell and did that actually exist and were the Nazis able Mm -hmm. to time travel? We will find out. Of course, that all goes back to Kexburg and... (laughs) <laughs> well, the we can acorn. travel down quite the uh, rabbit there. hole with time travel, too. I know we can, absolutely. So <laughs> these are all uh, topics that we will adhere That's to funny. at the Caravan of Lore. And, of course, if you guys have topics, too, we'd be really yeah, interested in hearing what your requests are for topics. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, horror films. So your go-to horror film was what again? Well, it, it would have Hush? to be Wolfman. Wolfman. I mean, right now, I'm really like, if I was to go to a horror movie right now, it would be Hush, just because I liked the experience and I'd like to watch it again. You've only seen it once? Only once. Okay. Another favorite classic of mine, and of course it was remade and remade, and then it was spun off and taken conceptual and then it became a cultural icon as of late mm-hmm. but um romero's night of the living dead oh. again it was in black and white very mm-hmm. creepy very very creepy for one of the very first <laughs> iconic zombie movies and personally wow. as much as i do like night of the living dead and i do now that it became more culturally popular with zombie movies, and there's a lot of good ones. There really are pretty well written, and I know that I might get pushed around a little bit for my opinion, but I think one of my favorite zombie movies besides Zombieland was actually called The Crazies, 
and it was a live action adaptation from the comic book and it was really well shot and it was really well done and again it wasn't a hack and gore movie and a jump scare movie but it was the terror of what if the living dead were walking the earth again you know and i know with you know the cultural icons of you know the zombie movies and a quick shout out to our personal friend over at the caravan of lore brett butler who was just announced as a character in the upcoming season of the walking dead so congratulations Congratulations. brett i'm excited for her that she will be participating and we have been chatting and she's been very gracious and thankful to all the support from not only myself, but from you as well in her uh, reemergence into uh, television. So good for her. Yeah, of course. Of course. And, you know, on the zombie topic, I will have to say this. Okay. There's two kinds of movies that I will not watch. Mm-hmm. One is zombies. I am not mm-hmm. into it. I I feel gross. It's gross to me. I don't know. I just <laughs> I can't do point. it. <laughs> I know, point. and I just don't enjoy it. I think for me, mm-hmm. to be very honest, I get way too wrapped up into the TV, whether it's a mm-hmm. television show or a movie. I completely submerse myself into this whatever I'm watching, and I really feel all the emotions, everything. And um, I just don't, I just don't want to feel that way watching a movie. It's also, to me, it feels like something that you can't stop. Like, like zombies just seem harder to kill than like a vampire or a werewolf. It's just, you know, and, and so the other movie, and I mean, Mm -hmm. I mean, hands down, you will not change my mind. <laughs> Any type of movie involving a virus, like contagion or whatever, no. Don't talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about it. Nothing. And I think, I mean, it's, yes, I'm kind of a germaphobe. I'll there you go. <laughs> See, you're hiding under the blankets again. The all-protective you know, germ barrier, monster barrier blankets. Yes. Exactly. But it affects and... the psyche. Mm-hmm. Right. And see, and it's one of those things where it's, this is real. Like, this is more real than a vampire or a werewolf or a zombie. I mean, you know, um, like I was saying, I don't know if I said this on a previous episode. I think I did. But we have the monkeys. And mm-hmm. it's not far from me. I mean, I literally mm-hmm. live like within five miles of this place for a time. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. got out. Monkeys that had been infected with these certain mm-hmm. types of diseases. And there mm-hmm. was one they never found. And it's just like, it doesn't matter whether it's a monkey that gets loose, a mouse or a rat, or if something goes wrong and a person has this human error and they personally contract this disease, whatever it is, and they don't realize it, or they try to act like, oh, well, I'll be fine. And then they go out to the world. We're freaking eliminated, you know? And then there's mm-hmm. like, there's no mm-hmm. way to get it unless you're maybe rich or something. But still, that's just like. That was a really good point brought up in the crazies. 
pathogen that was right. released. And of course, you know, it would mess with your brain and deteriorate it, but you were still alive. Yeah. And the wealthy thought, mm, well, we can, yeah, we've got money. No, it didn't matter how much money right. you had. You're still breathing the same air as the rest of us. Um, exactly. So yeah, along with that, I completely understand. And I think the movie Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman mm-hmm. really kind of addressed that whole scenario in a non-cliche type of way, in what more of a reality response would be in in that circumstance. But you're bringing up the fact that you had, you know, experimental monkeys in you, and then all of a sudden there's Bigfoot sightings in Oregon. Hmm, <laughs> what did that virus do to that monkey? Maybe that's what's going on there, is that Bigfoot is actually no. an infected monkey that is blossomed into a now i know and something like that wouldn't have uh carried on for as many years as it has through native american folklore and stories and lore and history so no i'm just teasing the fact Mm -hmm. that yeah there would be a creature running about the woods but that's where outbreak kind of touch base with is that an infected monkey got brought into the country and illegally of course and it you know bit a caretaker that was bringing him into the country and he got sick well the monkey got transferred right. to a a pet store and, and you know and the disease spread from there and the next thing oh, you know geez. you're in shutdown and quarantine and we're threatening to nuke the entire city in which because you don't know who's got it and who doesn't got it and for right. the betterment of humanity it's better to lose, you know, 10,000 people than 300 million people. It's a horrifying reality, but it's possible. Yeah. And that's what makes horror movies as fantastic as they are, because it's possible. It really is possible. And, of course, with right. a lot of, you know, psychological dementia that goes around. And, you know, if you get yourself involved in it, probably the scariest thing you can do on a daily basis, just watch the news it's yeah I that's what it's that. branded as no and i try not I, to either but that's what it's branded I quit as. Watching the news and, you know it hear one story after another and you realize there's a lot of humanity that is unstable that could be written into these rather crazy stories and some of them mm-hmm. can be turned into classics and others of them yeah, it could be just a b movie but still it has horror behind it and it's rather rather scary and it's kind of funny you know one of the scariest things i think a horror movie can do is at the very beginning of the film you see that that key generator title somewhere on the screen based on actual events it's like oh no come <laughs> on me. oh my me? god it's based if on you actual tell me events. that i'm Oh, yeah. No, I mean, every time that I've ever read that on a movie, mm-hmm. I mean, my, my fists, I'm just like, oh, God, well, sure. we go. oh, oh no. That, that gets you right <laughs> then and there. Right then and there, exactly. you're in for, oh, my, what am I in for? What I am know. I in for? <laughs> exactly. Unfortunately. It's like you're a roller coaster. You're about to right. go down and you're going, I think I made a mistake. <laughs> No, this is very true. This is very, very true. (laughs) Well, I have to say, my go-to 
horror, scary, psychological thriller is mm -hmm. going to be The Shining. I I have bestowed that film upon my kids to watch just for the mm -hmm. theatrical art of it. But um, And I don't want to mm -hmm. sound cliche. I really don't. But I've seen that film a number of times. And if it were on TV right now, I will sit down and watch it again. It's just right. very master. It really was masterfully done. Um, although it didn't mm -hmm. follow the novel by Stephen King, it was an adaptation. And it was how that adaptation was done. Because with any book that you read, you have to cut so much out of the book in order to make a two-hour film or two-and-a-half-hour film out of it. You mm -hmm. have to lose a lot because in the film, you have to take the time to introduce your characters, the build the tone, build the story. And when you're reading a book, you can take it at your leisure. You can take six months to read right. a book if that's what you choose to do and be immersed in the entire story. But with the film, you're on a time limit, so you gotta you got to pick and choose what's really important but you know the shining is mm -hmm. that one i will carry with me as probably my go-to really is um and that doesn't mean that it's that there's no other horror movies out there that i don't enjoy i don't watch right. much of the current stuff that's come out um i have yet to see a quiet place uh, but i will i will you, get around to I seeing think we'll that. like it i enjoyed it i probably would i I probably would enjoy it. I have no doubt. However, the, the caravan of Lord keeps me rather busy on my free time. And, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. hey, it's no regrets there because I enjoy doing this too. But there will be that time that I see that. I did see, and I do have to agree with you on your opinion of a, of a pretty scary movie. And again, it was not a blood fest by any means, but it certainly was a psychological thriller was witch that was oh. really dark and and i remember you told me about it and i think you talked to shannon legrow about it on either when we were all talking on a show or you were on her show whatever but we were discussing our favorite movies and you brought up witch and how much you really like that one and you know it starts off a little slow but man it takes you to some really dark and disturbing places in that time frame and in that era yeah it was a that mm -hmm. was a good film too it was a good film too mm -hmm. yeah any any kind of uh vampire werewolf witches give it to me i'm, mm -hmm. I'm down okay very good <laughs> well let's see what kind of a scary movie we can make out of uh the chupacabra how about that we'll we'll try that one <laughs> I yeah, haven't seen I any know, uh, big cinematic Hollywood production of the Chupacabra. Not yeah. my favorite <laughs> cryptid by any means, though. It's really no, not my favorite cryptid. But if you yeah. had a cryptid that Ooh. a movie would be made of that you would like to see a full-blown mm. theatrical production, no expenses are limited right. whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> You're asking me the question that I'm I asked you. Chris last week. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so what cryptid would you like to see a um, movie made of? Hmm? Goodness. Okay, let me think. Let me think here. 
Okay, Lake Monster. I got it. I've got it, Goat Man. Okay. Because, okay, let me tell you this. Mm. When I was, I was 13, and I remember going into our school's library. Mm-hmm. And I always went into the section that had the, um, you know, scary stories. Uh, there, there was those books that Shannon and I liked both so much, the scary stories to tell in the dark. You know those mm-hmm. ones? Right. right. So they had those, and they had, um, there was a book, and it didn't have a cover on it. It was like a black, black book with no cover art. And it had all these lore and legends in it. And I remember reading about the black dog. Um, So there was that black dog that people would see. And it was kind Mm -hmm. of an omen that bad things would happen. And then Mm -hmm. um, it, but in that same book, it talked about Lover's Lane. And there was this couple that had went down, they parked, you know, and they heard rocks being thrown at their car then they ended up seeing some half goat half man like jump up onto their car and he's like you know then they're freaked out and so they hurry and they drive away i think a couple months ago somebody in the community was looking up goat man stories and and so this is a this is a shout out to whoever you are um I want to learn was, more. I yeah, okay. I love Goatman stories because I don't know why that one enchanted me so much, but it really mm-hmm. did. And it, okay. it, it just always stuck with me from there on out. So I think that if I could watch a movie, but one that's good, you know, I want quality like Wolfman. Um, right. No, of you course. Know, so I, I, want, I want a Goatman like Wolfman. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would be what okay. I want. So. Okay, Hollywood, you have your request. I would like That's to right, see filmmakers. I I would like to see, and not the adaptation as to the film that already came out, but um, and maybe not even a part two. Just to have an original uh, story, right? But um, the Mothman prophecies. I was I really oh. liked Mothman Prophecies a lot. Right. I really liked that the John Keel adaptation to the film. But I yeah. would like to see a Hollywood film. And when I say Hollywood, I'm not just going to generalize it to Hollywood because there's so many independent filmmakers that make amazing movies that are really not affiliated with Hollywood, but I would love to see a full production story type of production of Mothman as the cryptid I would like to see. So we have mm. Goatman versus Mothman. There it is. There's the movie. Yes. <laughs> there it is. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I see uh, that uh, last week the trailer for Godzilla King of the Monsters is airing all over YouTube and facebook it looks okay um but uh you need to be prepared at the fact that 11 is playing the lead role in the godzilla movie really yes she is wow i didn't know that i saw this really cool advertisement for stranger things that they had like Mm. star something mall did you see Mm -hmm. that 
No. I, I enjoyed that. It was, yeah, okay. look it up. Uh, it's will. like, I think it's kind of like a teaser for what season three, and it's got um, Steve. Steve. It had Steve, oh, Steve in it, and he was working okay. at the mall. Oh, okay. So I'm interested to see what kind of, you know, and I was thinking as I was watching that, I'm like, oh man, how cool would it have been to have been an extra? You know, dressing all 80s, and you're, like, in this 80s-era mall, you know? I would have totally mm-hmm. done it. <laughs> Reliving my youth all over again back in the 80s. Heck, mm-hmm. yeah. Are you kidding? Take Lots of hairspray. For a moment. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. the big shoulders. <laughs> big yes, shoulder pads I, and I had, I had the very big uh, uh, Miami Vice Puffy shoulders, yes, I did. Nice, yeah. <laughs> Didn't oh wear God, socks, but I had comfy shoes, big baggy cottony oh, pants. Yeah. All right. Oh, dude, I had these like sweater and sweatpant like mm-hmm. matching outfit with my hair in pigtails with these crazy like hair bands that have these like beads on it. And these bright colors, you know, and these crazy mm-hmm. shapes, the zigzags and the triangles, you know, and <laughs> yeah. All right, people. So along with putting in, in the comments below your favorite scary horror or psychological mm-hmm. thriller or even sci-fi movie, please put pictures of yourselves from the 1980s. That would be... Please. I will. I will try to dig up a picture if I can. <laughs> okay. Of myself. I've got one. I'm sure you have seen them, Jennifer. I know you've been snooping through my <laughs> my album, my I picture am album. A noticer. This is my yes, job. You if you're my friend, yes, I know everything yep. about you. <laughs> yeah, this is true. You do. Even so when I'm you sure were born. you've seen those pictures. <laughs> so if you do come across them, feel free to post them up there. And uh, well, you can post a couple of yourselves from the fabulous 1980s, which happened to be yeah. a good era for a lot of relatively classic horror movies, was the 1980s. So late 70s yeah. and 80s, uh, that really we should, uh, broke give the ice. The title in the of this movie. episode something you know some kind of 80s and horror movies (laughs) combined there you go thanks everybody for joining us for our edition of horror scary movies edition with the Mm -hmm. lovely jennifer ann over here and myself nance nesbitt as i'm (laughs) yeah the nance So, well, up and coming episodes. And thank you, more folks. It was wonderful. Yeah, thank you for time traveling with us. Bye, Jennifer. Bye. Watch your step. Let's you move on, day. Lay there quarantined underneath your last breath. Hold your tongue, still I've gone. The beast that 
follows is close, but we'll move on. Snake eyes always on my tail. Snake eyes always up ahead. Oh, snake eyes hidden in the dark. Snake eyes better catch a spark. Oh